I'm Mia Perry. I'm Liz Hogriff. And I'm Kristen Outman. And this is the YearbookWise Podcast. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to uh, mid-August. I'm soon to head out on a camping trip for the weekend with my family, but wanted to debrief an experience that I had with my editors and staff just this past weekend at a local retreat center uh, here in upstate New York. It was our third year of holding our own camp, Camp Tesserae, and uh, what I was able to do this morning was sit down with my editors-in-chief for a little bit of a look back and have them break down for you in the audience Uh, how we do what we do, and and quite a bit of the why uh, behind it, the choices that go into it. You know, you don't need to do a a double overnight uh, experience with, you know, a catered dinner like we do. Uh, If you can even get a couple hours in an afternoon or a a few consecutive afternoons before you and your staff are back at it in the lab, um, I think that those pre-school experiences can be so informative and so instructive on finding out where your staff is on starting to develop some positive staff culture, uh, to also give your editors an opportunity to exert uh, their leadership and kind of take things for a test drive uh, before you're back in the lab. Getting right into it today, I've got three guests on our podcast. It's my three editors-in-chief for Volume 6. Mia, hello, Mia. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are uh, you? I'm good. You're going to be a four-year member? Yes. And outside of your book, what else do you do? Um, I have a horse. Um, I work at Wegmans. And, yeah. Wegmans is the single best grocery store oh, absolutely. on the face of the earth. Uh, Liz Hogriff, second-year member. Yes. We missed you the first two years. Yeah. Regrets. My we bad. have a few. <laughs> but you're with us now. Uh, what are you all about when you're not yearbooking? Um, I'm pretty big into color guard in my free time. And your let's see, your your brother flies. Have you do you do you fly with your brother? Your brother's a glider pilot. I fly with my brother doing the actual piloting. Got it. But that's not that's not a pursuit or interest for you? No. Got it. And Kristen Hotman also coming into your fourth year with us, second year returning as an editor-in-chief. Uh, Kristen, say hello, and, and what are you all about when you're not yearbooking? Hello. Um, when I'm not doing yearbook, I am still doing yearbook. I like to design in my free time. <laughs> I'm just messing around, and I also do color guard with Liz. And Liz and Kristen, kind of prefacing this, this Camp Tesserae ed- episode, you guys just got back just two weeks ago um, from a, an experience in California at Yearbooks at the Beach. Uh, Liz, could you talk just a little bit about um, why and what we do in sending you guys cross country and going to, to the beach? Well, it was, a, it was a really great experience. I think it helped me a lot. It was just the focus of it really, I think, put me in a better space, better headspace for working on our theme and our book. And I know I picked up a lot while I was out there that I don't think I would have gotten to see or experience anywhere other than Yearbooks at the Beach. And Kristen, uh, Liz talks about focus. It's a pretty intensive experience, right? Yeah, for sure. L- late nights? Yeah, definitely some 3 a.m.s in there. What's that look like? So there's workshops during the day, you know, go to this class. You guys are on tracks as well, and it's theme development for most of the staffs there. Can you explore that just a little bit? Yeah, so we have classes that are like that we register for. So ours was branding and packaging intensive, and that helped us to develop our theme a lot and the look of our book and our opening copy. But then there were also some breakouts that we got to go to, which were other classes that we chose. And uh, those were really helpful because 
we got to learn about new things that we could do with our staff that would improve our book and our production. So we started with CPP, with the school district. We started going to a camp in 2007, and that was the time that helped me understand there's a bigger yearbook world out there. You guys just experienced this with hundreds of students um, in California. Um, doing some kind of summertime experience is, is super, super beneficial to a staff returning to the lab in the fall, August or September. And so I've, an, I've invited the girls on the podcast today to talk about Camp Tesserae. We just got through our third version, third annual camp. Um, we take the staff and some of our equipment off site and do a three day, two night experience um, that I'd, we'd like to unpack a little bit in the hopes that staffs listening or advisors listening might take advantage of doing a boot camp kind of experience um, that sets the stage for the year ahead. So, Kristen, if, if you were talking to an advisor, and you are via the in, out in the audience, uh, if you were going to explain Camp Tesserae, kind of that elevator pitch quick way, what's it all about? What are we doing? What's that look like? Yeah, so like you said, we take our staff off-site so it's not in the lab. We go to a campground that's kind of nearby, and we put them through kind of an intensive boot camp, like Simmons mentioned, where they learn like photo skills. Um, actually, throughout the weekend, they have to design a spread, and it has to have real content in it, real photos, real interviews, real copy. And they finish designing it, and we do a critique session at the end, but also sprinkled in there, we have workshops that we fly instructors in for, and they teach like photo, interviewing, design, copy, all of that. And forgive me, have you been at all three of them? I've been all three, yeah. Okay, so this three-day model, it's instruction on the first day, and then we get into production, and then kind of coaching and critique on the back end. Can you break down each of those chunks a little bit? Yeah, so the first day we do three workshops. I think it's been for the past couple of years, and then one bigger one with the whole staff. And those are just to get everyone in and started up. People don't really have the energy to start the production at that point, so... It's good to just start with that and to teach the rookies that are coming to our camp the basics of yearbook and like how everything works because a lot of them are coming out there with almost zero knowledge of how to yearbook. So we do that on the first day and then they can actually take some of the content that they get from like the photo workshops or anything like that and put that into their spreads. But the second day we do like staff bonding activities like rock climbing, swimming, and they get more content from that. And throughout the day they're interviewing and taking more photos and starting their designs. And then the final day they finish up their designs and we uh, critique their spreads and tell them like what we think could be done better or what we think they did well. So we're taking the desktops off site right out of our Mac lab. Um, laptops would work as well, but they're creating these spreads with content from the weekend itself. So when you say staff, when we go rock climbing, what does that look like? And, and then what does that lead to with the spreads? So when we go out there, there'll be like a few kids up on the wall that are just climbing and a lot of them actually have like fear of heights. So it's really cool to get those stories and the spreads that we make, but um, there will be them up on the walls and then other kids on the ground with cameras or even some kids at the top shooting down on the walls with their cameras. And then a whole bunch of kids like around interviewing and all of that. The staff just interacts with each other and gets some content, but also gets to get closer with each other while we're up there. And each of the three years, we've really emphasized photo. It's huge. And you know, I've, I've kind of indoctrinated you guys on a photo first approach. Um, this year with one of our guest speakers, uh, we had a, a heavy interviewing component. And then we get um, on the ground design. Can you talk a little bit about just the balance of that and how all that works and, and how it leads to spreads? These are actual spreads, actual photos, actual interviews and copy. Um, why do we structure it that way? So I think that we emphasize the photo design and copy first because those are the big bases that we need going into the year. Like it's good to have 
sort of a structure established and have the basic knowledge going into it. Like we can get to business ad sales later or anything else later in the year or during 12 hour or a work night or something. But having this camp is really just to teach the new people the basics or have the returners brush up on everything. And we have these instructors that are so good at what they do. Like they're strong photographers and all of that. And that's stuff that they can't learn during the school year because we don't have those people during the school year. So. And Mia, Kristen mentioned some of the group building activities, um, things like that. You know, uh, this is for the audience. I normally start you off with name games and getting to know yous and things like that. Can you talk just a little bit about the progression of that and, and why we as a team, have, as a leadership team, have decided to, to drop those activities? Why, why isn't it just all yearbook all the time? Why is it important to have some of the rest of that in there? Yeah, because um, when you really get down to it, like building staff relationships, um, that comes before like any production that you do just because if the staff doesn't work well together then they're not going to produce like a great product so um, throwing in those um, team building activities kind of that emphasize like communication and building relationships it really just helps in the long run what were some of the the activities just not that you have to explain all the rules and things like that but what are some of the things that stand out over the last i think two years have you done all three as well Two. Just two years at Camp Tesserae. Um, what are some of the activities that have stuck out to you? Uh, just kind of paint a picture for people listening. Um, one that we did this year with um, the three of us, me, Liz, and Kristen, um, we had to go inside one of the cabins and look at a pattern and then communicate it to um, each of the three teams. This was like an image each. drawn on a piece of paper? Yes. Okay, so you looked at the pattern and what did you have to do? And then each of us went to one team and we had to communicate to them what they had to recreate the drawing and we had to communicate to them what it looked like and then it was one person they went back to their team and then their team had to recreate it from what that one person told them right so a little bit of game of a telephone yeah just a little bit like that and um, we've also done stuff as basic as just you know Mia to Simmons, you throw the ball to me, I throw the ball to Liz, and it builds name recognition, yep. things like that. Um, how do you feel about the balance between the work time, the yearbook time, the group and name, uh, group building and, and name games and things like that? How has it been for you? I definitely think this year was a good balance because you'd get through those long burns of um, production, especially on the second day of camp, and then when we throw in like a longer team building activity, it's just a good break, and then people can go back into coverage with a fresh mind. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about staff culture and bonding with you. But Liz, putting this all together, you guys spent a day with me doing errands to Sam's Club and uh, Wegmans. That was you and Kristen. Um, how do we put this whole thing together? When did we start with with schedule and, and things like that or menu? You can you can jump in here and at any place. But can you unpack for the listeners a little bit about what goes into to making this event happen? Um, well, Kristen and Mia and I all spoke a uh, week or two weeks about prior to this to do some scheduling and some planning ourselves. I think we were working with kind of a rough skeleton at the time, but we were all speaking. We had to coordinate um, teams and putting together cabins and rooming assignments and making sure that we could mix the staff up really well, getting um, good grade mixes in the rooms in the cabins and also making sure that we were getting people with different strengths mm -hmm. on the teams. We didn't want a team with four people who are really strong in design and we're going to have absolutely no idea what to do with their copy. 
So that was a bit of a, a science. And also you don't want four veterans and then a bunch of rookies who have no idea how to spell aperture, let alone use it in the camera, right? Exactly. And even on top of that, you know, you might want, if you're putting, say, two rookies and two vets, you don't want, um, say, even having two freshman rookies, it'd be preferable to have, say, a freshman rookie and a junior rookie and then get even more of a mix in there. Right. And so when we move off site, we've got, um, so we can talk about meals real quick. And Kristen called this a campground. It's like a retreat center. There's cabins. They're like, what, totally built in the 60s. There's spiders. There's ants crawling on the floor. It's okay. It's pretty rustic. And it works for us. Um, what, it's about 10 miles from school, would you say? Yeah. I think it's about right. Um, so we go over Friday morning, and then we've got to do lunch and dinner, and then everything on Saturday. We wrap up around 2 o'clock on Sunday with breakfast and then a lunch leftovers. Um, how do we figure out menu stuff, dinner stuff? How, how do we make it happen so that I can keep my attention with you guys instructionally, um, but we have some other adult help around? What does that all look like? Um, well, for dinners, both nights, um, we had them catered, one from a local beloved taco place that I think everyone looks forward to. Shout out to Boomers. Perhaps one of the <laughs> things they look forward to the most about camp. Um, and those, I know I looked forward to them a lot, but I also know that a lot of the staff looked forward to both of those a lot. Um, so that was good. I mean, I think it's bonding to get excited about tacos together. You absolutely. Know. And but good coverage opportunities too, right? Absolutely. How to build the perfect taco. And then uh, breakfast and lunch, you know, combo of leftovers and things we, you know, assembled ourselves. We went, um, like you said, big shopping trip to uh, Wegmans and Sam's Club beforehand. A lot of bagel, a lot, lot of, of fruit, bagels. lots of snacks, lots of hummus, lots of chocolate. Yes, chocolate keeps us going it's uh, through that <laughs> through the post uh, post lunch food coma. Um, the parent support, could you talk a little bit? You've got an, a year behind you in the program, so you've seen parents bring in lasagnas on a December work night. But there were also, I think, there were like twelve parents with us there this weekend, just popping in. Your mom helped get one of our speakers to the uh, to the airport. So what advice do you have for advisors who are feeling like they can't tackle this alone? Are they truly alone? No, parents are absolutely a fantastic resource. Uh, for camp tests, we have parents in overnight in the cabins um, with the staff, you know, making sure that everyone everyone's okay, has someone to go to. Um, also, you know, help with food and everything else there they're always there. They're always an option. One of the ways that we are able to make this happen is that we um, bring in guest speakers from across the country. Um, and I'll say as humbly as I can, but Tessery's got a pretty good uh, financial footing so we can pay to bring in to fly in some guest speakers. Um, this year we had the just the awesome opportunity to have Mark Murray uh, out of now New Mexico, also uh, Texas. Uh, to teach photo and Brenda Gorsuch up from North Carolina, retired uh, yearbook advisor of the year. It doesn't have to be, if an advisor is putting this together, they don't have to go for these like marquee, you know, you, you want experts, but it doesn't have to be like Mark Murray is an incredible guy. But what are some other opportunities? Do you think, do you think that a, an advisor could reach out to their local newspaper or like a graphic design firm and, and also find people that could mentor and coach their kids? Would that be advice that you would offer or a way of, of thinking about, you know, who do we bring in as a guest speaker? Absolutely. I mean, other advisors are, of course, a great resource. Oh, if you've got like a local network? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, yep. Advisors 
either locally or from far away, like Mark and Brenda. I know they were they were great resources for us, but I mean, like you said, newspaper, graphic designer, other people locally that maybe aren't very yearbook specific, but you know, copy design. You're gonna you're gonna learn from everywhere. It's journalism is journalism. It's just different venues, right? And we've got a, a big loadout from here. We're sitting in the lab this morning, so we took uh, seven of our desktop Macs over. Certainly, you could go with laptops. Um, what else did we have to get there for for physical resources for the staff? Like, what what would be the um, the shopping list of equipment that an advisor might want to think about? with some of the stuff that we moved? Oh shoot, a lot of cameras. Okay. A lot of cameras, um, and a lot of lenses, batteries. Got to make sure you have your power strips. Um, we brought, I mean, the food was a trip in itself. Mm -hmm. Any materials that we had for any team building activities, you know, markers, pens, Rope. hula hoops. Yep. Um, and we took a lot of yearbooks too a lot for of samples. Yearbooks. Yeah, a lot of trade books. Um, when we, so when we get over there, um, Kristen, you, you were talking about the, the three sessions on. Friday, we go through, and you guys actually, I wasn't involved in this at all. I was really proud of how you guys put this together. But like, what were your thought processes on um, Brenda's going to teach, Mark's going to teach, maybe Simmons is going to teach, and how you dropped people in different places? Like, I know you guys were talking either on Slack or text. How, how did, what was your mentality? How, how did you guys approach that? Yeah, so when we had one of our meetings before when we were planning the camp, we, uh, Simmons showed us the list of presentations that Mark and Brenda could do for us. And when we had that, we figured out, like, oh, we want this one because our staff needs to work on this. And once we had that list, we would be like, oh, this would be a good presentation for new people. Or we want to do a goals one that we can set up the year that's coming up with our editors. So we would, like, go through the classes, and there was, like, three different workshops. So editors would be in the goal-setting one, and then all of the other yearbook staffers would be in the photo one. And then throughout that, there would be like different levels of experience. Like our yearbook representative, Bob Wood, came out and we had him teach a yearbook 101 class. To, Shout out to yearbook Bob. Yeah. <laughs> we had him teach a yearbook 101 class to all of our rookies. And um, actually, as Liz was talking about, like advisors and like other people you can bring out to camp, your yearbook rep might be a good resource for that Huge. because they have all the knowledge of like other books in the area or other books in general. They might also be somebody that could connect you with, like, if you don't know who to bring, you could say, hey, yearbook rep, regardless of company, who's somebody that you could recommend to us? That'd be huge, mm -hmm. that'd be huge. Um, Mia, when we, so we had 26, I think we ended up with 26 people there, of roughly 50 on the upcoming volume six staff. So half of the staff was there. Um, a great, a, a significant portion of our editorial leadership team was there, and certainly um, one of the advantages to me of the weekend is that rookies get to know me better, get to know this this crazy bald guy that does this, does your book and and loves it, drinks a lot of coffee. What were the advantages for the three of you and the leadership team of being able to see your staff before school even begins? Um, I definitely think that was really important, just because not only did it let the editors kind of um, gain like traction with each other um, especially like in the goal session that Kristen mentioned um, so we're all kind of on the same page of where we want to go and what do we want what we want to accomplish this year but um, getting to meet a lot of the new members the rookies um, definitely helped a lot just because they um, building relationships one-on-one -on -one and group relationships with them um, is really important just because um, it helps um, 
them kind of learn from us more, if that makes sense. And then um, they're just more receptive and um, them knowing that they can come to us with any questions at any time um, just gets them learning that much more. There were a couple of times I would interrupt the three of you. You guys kind of gravitate towards (laughs) each other. So talk to me and talk to the audience a little bit about some of the encouragement that I gave to you about your presence and leadership. Like This is your first time really in charge of a staff of volume six. So I, you know what I'm going for here, but what, what were my pushes to you guys as far as your presence with the staff? Um, to always be walking around, um, always be moving, always be checking in with the teams if they were working on coverage, um, just making sure they're heading in the right direction, giving them any guidance they might need on their copy, interviews, designs, um, just like being there for them so they know that you um, will be throughout the year. Even if you look busy, you can always be interrupted. Right, it's a great tone setter. And really yeah. you guys did that. I think Kristen said that a number of times, like we have work to do, but please interrupt us. We're here for you guys. Um, and it was a couple of times, I know Kristen, I, I interrupted you guys, I'd break you up and you're like, but we were gonna use this time to do a thing, which is absolutely valid. And I think it was really instructive for the four of us working together to find those times of balance and like you need to be present for the staff or this first year member who has like if you don't talk to them right now they're going to waste the next 20 minutes not knowing what to do but then you guys also have valid things that you need to discuss or refine you wanted to work on the cover things like that um that again were, were absolutely valid um kristen three times through this for you uh you were there at the inaugural year um going into to volume four we got here because your editors-in-chief back then felt like the regional summer camp that we went to at a local university wasn't really doing the job anymore. So what are the advantages of, of kind of doing this on our own turf and bringing people to us and finding our own balance and activities? Um, it's a lot to run Camp Tesserae, but why are we still doing it three years later? So one of the main concerns that the editor-in-chiefs of uh, Volume 4 had was that when you go to a camp that has a whole bunch of other schools at it, you have all the experts there, but you only get, like, 20 minutes with them, like, especially, like, not to slam your books at the beach. This isn't a slam at all, but when you're out there, you have less time with the experts because they're worrying about all the other schools that they're working with. But here we have the experts that we bring out all to ourselves, so you can spend literally an hour with them, working with them on whatever you have, whatever critiques you need. And I know that we actually ended up doing that a couple of times when our when we had meetings with them. And your books at the beach, you get so much support already. It's like multiplying that many times over because we can bring in Mark Murray and he's ours. He's ours, you know, right right around the clock. Um, Mia spoke a little bit about the group building activities. You spoke about the the workshops and all the rest. How do you feel? about that balance? How has that worked for you and for the staff for the last three years? Do, do we work enough and play enough? Do, is there anything that you would revise? Uh, I think that it's a good balance of work and play because like, even if you wanted to take away some of the work time, they really need that time to get their spread done because they really only have like a little over 24 hours or something like that, maybe under 24 to work on their spreads and get them done, which is insane. And it's actually amazing that we have this opportunity to go out to camp because it's such a isolated environment that they have all this time to focus on it and they can actually get that done really fast. And Liz, it's an isolated environment. We have the luxury of going behind this. It's like tucked in this little valley and there's hills on both sides. And even in, you know, coming up on 2020, there is no cell phone service out there at all, except this one place on the bridge where you have to stand. And even so, then it's questionable. Even there it's questionable. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit of, talk to the audience a little bit about what what we've found as far as productivity or focus and things like that. I mean, would would you tell an advisor to try to actually 
limit their kids' cell phone use if they could or had to? I mean, I, you know how I feel about this, but. Yeah, no, the thing is when it comes to limiting, like, like I don't know, saying you can't have your phones out or taking them or putting them somewhere, I think there's gonna be a real degree of resentment to that. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that we go out there and the phones just don't work is fantastic. Right. You can't blame that on anyone, but yet no one's distracted by their phones. Right. I think the no cell service is a great thing for us as a yearbook. I think it's kind of, kind of the stars aligned the universe is making you put your phone in the phone garage. And I think it's really great for us. I think it helps the productivity a lot. I know for me, it helped my productivity. There were quite a few times. I mean, it surprised me that I get my phone out, be like, what's going on on Twitter? And then be like, well, I guess I'll find out in two days what's going on on Twitter because right. I'm not I guess finding I better, out right now. I guess I better go get back to my article. Exactly. It's huge. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And I wish I had like a big red button in the lab that would just like, I'm sure the CIA, if they're listening, they probably have some like cell phone killer or something like that. We, we need that up in the lab. Um, Liz, I'm going to loop back to you. If there was one thing about your experience, um, and you were there you were there going into last year as well, right? Yes. So this was your second as well. Um, I, can, I can take the critique. We can take the critique. We're always looking to do better. If there was something that you'd do differently about Camp Tesseray, can you think of something that might be? Nothing immediately comes to mind. Um, Honestly, it's, I mean, overall, I think it's very productive. If you could find a way to limit the mosquitoes, that would be the go-to. But right. honestly, I mean, I think everything that might come across as an inconvenience or something, you know, frustrating to someone there, like, you know, not having cell service or the uh, unfortunate amount of daddy long legs, I mean, they all, they all build character, right. <laughs> you know. Right. They all help us grow as a staff. There's nothing going out there that I thought, oh, this is something that I really wish I could change. I mean, by and large, I think the way we do it is, I mean, not without fault, but I think pretty darn good. And the way that we do it is, is fairly particular. We, we do this kind of big. Like we, we take computers off site. A principal might be like, you're, you're going to do what with our you know $10,000 worth of technology? So I want to ask each of you in turn, um, and I'm, Mia, I'm going to start with you. For an advisor, or maybe there's an editor listening who's like, "Well, oh, wait, we could really benefit from a boot camp or a summer camp experience, but like we can't do three days and two nights. What are some ways? What are some, what are some ways of approaching this to make it a, a little bit smaller or a little bit more manageable? Um, could we do an experience like this in our own lab for like even a day? Would that would that have helped you and and your staff coming into Volume Six? Um, I think anything is better than nothing, but if we were to do one day in the lab, I think we would really limit the amount of like exposure like each of us got to each other, like editors to rookies and um, like us three to our editors. Um, I think that would really be limited and also the whole cell service thing. Um, obviously that wouldn't be the case in our lab because there is cell service up here. Um, I think anything is better than nothing. They would get some exposure to what um, your booking is, but um, not as big, I guess. Okay, and Kristen, for an advisor looking to make or create their own experience, you mentioned 12 hour just in passing, and there is an episode uh, from season one of the podcast that explores that a little bit. I think you were on that one as well. Uh, so we use shorthand a lot, uh, just briefly 12 hour, maybe that could be the model for somebody if they can't do a double overnight, um, come to school at 8 a.m., leave at 8 p.m. Can you break that down real fast for, for somebody listening? You can go listen to that episode, certainly. But what's 12-hour all about? 
So 12 hour is like the first weekend of school. I think it's like Saturday and we have all the kids come in and we're here from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and we do a whole bunch of bonding activities or they'll do like an interview thing. There's a photo presentation that we give and then a photo scavenger hunt and the uh, it's like kind of a color war situation too. Like everyone will wear their team colors. The editors wear rainbow. Uh, it's just really good to get more of the basics. Like it's not as in-depth as boot camp was, like our camp test array, but it's still definitely helpful with brushing up everything that they learned from there. The kids that couldn't make it to Camp Desiree can go to this and get that brush up or learn everything. Because the first two days of school are kind of like me talking and like we do a tour of the lab, but it's all boring, you know, whatever. I mean, you guys are scrambling to get coverage and get photos. So 12 hours kind of the start of our year together. Um, Liz, uh, if somebody else, if an advisor wanted to, to start or create an experience, um, what have we missed so far? What's another bit of advice that you would offer to an advisor? Or maybe speak to an editor. If there's editors listening, how do you present an opportunity like this to your advisor and not, you know, not overwhelm them and be like, you want to do what? Like, that's, I, I can't do all of that. Like, where would you start as a, a student talking to a student? I think when we talk about um, something like a camp, like camp test versus something in a lab, one of the main differences to me that stands out is that with camp, it offers an opportunity to get to know your staff outside of your book in a way. Even though you're there for your book, you're there and you're sharing a shower and you're eating together and you're doing, you know. Sharing a shower stall sharing after shower the stall. other person uses it. <laughs> yeah. One at a time. That's okay. Um, and, you know, you're going swimming, you're going rock climbing, all these things together. Even though you're there for yearbook, you are learning all about these people outside of your book while you're doing it. You're learning about, you know, their working style, who they are as people, you know, seeing their senses of humor, anything. So with, I would just, when talking to another student, you know, I'd say just make sure it's something that you are able to learn about your staff as people while you're there. Because I felt like at camp, for me, it was really invaluable getting to know the people, you know, how, getting to know their skill sets as well, but the people. How does that pay off when you're on deadline in January and, the, and it stinks? I mean, you're they not going to feel like you're looking at them as a machine, but okay. as people creating something, you know, it's not just we're here for your book. It's we're here to work together as part of a whole to create something bigger than what we could make alone. I love that. Uh, this has been Mia Perry. Mia, thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> and Liz. Yes. Liz Hogriff and Kristen Hotman. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys coming in. This is for the podcast and not for Tessera. So thank you very much. I bribe them, full disclosure, with coffee. Uh, it always works. So cheers to that and cheers to volume <laughs> six. If you're an advisor or a staff member out there um, who's interested in learning more about Camp Tessera and how um, our students facilitate it, also 12-hour. You can reach out to me at iteachyearbook at gmail.com uh, or on Twitter at, at yearbookwise. And I might just send your emails uh, straight to the girls and let them reply and let them know um, how, how, you know, or let them let you know how we do uh, what we do here. But uh, thanks for your time. For now, good luck. Be well. We'll talk soon.